Hey there, excellent people. In this episode of In Conversation With, recorded during 2016's Cheltenham Comedy Festival, Standard Issue Editor Mickey Noonan and our glorious founder Sarah Millican chat with Dawn French. That's right, Dawn bloody French. Along with awesome comics Sarah Kendall and Holly Walsh about traffic, bosoms and dog toy dildos. Listener discretion is advised as this podcast contains impressions. for me because I don't really give a shit who who's going out with who in the celebrity world I don't really give a shit who my friends are going out with so <laughs> 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 like until they've been together for a couple of years I don't even learn their fucking names because <laughs> uh, there's no point uh, so I didn't give a shit who Cheryl Cole was going out with or who had cellulite I don't know what cellulite really is I don't know if I have it I can Am help I... you with that oh can you <laughs> I can show you if you need it, to see some. Would it show through my leggings? Yes. It would? Yeah, you don't my, have it. Oh, because my head's not on that way, so I don't no, know. Good. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So I wanted to create something that would... That could be something that we do during the show, is you tell everybody if they've got cellulite or not through their leggings. Uh, it's <laughs> the anti-version of the magazine. Um, I decided to create something uh, with a team of excellent women uh, that would be sort of the antidote to that, to something that you could read that would have, uh, would assume that you were smart and would assume that you were interested in all things, not just lipsticks and pencil fucking skirts. I'm going to swear a lot tonight. Fucking buckle up. Uh, <laughs> So we created it, and it exists, and we're incredibly proud of it. And what we do when we do these events is we, we gather together a, a, a panel of amazing women uh, to entertain you, but also to just show you a little bit of the kind of stuff that we talk about in the magazine, uh, and also to, I, I guess, kind of to let you know what we do. We do always uh, podcast these events as well. So if you've, if, if by the end of tonight, if you enjoy it, there are several podcasts that you can listen to of other events that you may not have attended. Is that, is that comprehensive? Can, I, can I just have? say, yes. so, sorry, Sarah, yes, this is please. massively disappointing to me what you're saying oh um, yeah uh, well uh, no, do you have to leave well I, I thought that you asked me along tonight to butter me up to be a centre page spread with like staples across my fanny <laughs> that's, Literally that, that's what I was hoping up. for we, we can do, do you, I could just staple your fanny yeah great yeah. is that okay great <laughs> is anybody going to staple I don't know why I feel strangely them? aroused about that we'd have do. to open it out because I wouldn't want to Although you could just... No. Of course you've got to. I've now Wait, been I'm the logistics now. of this, and that's not healthy, is it? No, that's wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to start shall, on shall a, I ask a, a question? question? Yeah, ask a question. <laughs> um, okay, so I want you to tell me something that you like about yourself. Two things that you like about yourself. The first one about physical appearance, and the second one about your personality. And I want you to be as cocky as fuck. Imagine you're a man. My cock and balls. <laughs> I imagine now as a man. <laughs> uh, do you want me to start? Start with you, yeah. Okay. Uh, so what is it? Uh, personality um, and physical, physical appearance. appearance. Physical appearance is always hard for me because I don't... I have, I have... I have... Somebody laughed at me. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I, don't, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure if that laugh was in a kind of... But you're amazing looking. Or somebody going, oh, yeah, you should be fucking have problems. <laughs> uh, 
whatever it was. I hope one it was of the, the three a.m. girls up there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a support of snort. I hope. Uh, I, I have uh, massive uh, body image issues, um, so I always struggle to find something that I like about my physical appearance. Um, so I'm going to start with the personality one. Uh, let's, and then I'll just busk it. Um, I oh fuck. Uh, I like that I'm not afraid to sway. Uh, that could be a thing, yeah, because I sometimes get, sometimes people will send me messages on Facebook and Twitter and all of that shenanigans uh, saying, oh, I don't think you should swear so much. And I say, but I really fucking like swearing. <laughs> and that's the only answer I ever need. So I like that I'm very comfortable swearing, maybe that's the thing. And physical appearance, um, oh God, uh, it's really hard. Um, I, I quite like my hair sometimes, but usually when someone else has done it, is that still... But it's still my hair. I still grew it. <laughs> I know somebody else has dyed it and cut it and blow-dried it and put it in heated rollers, but I still, it's still part of me. Um, my mum has a really interesting way of giving me a compliment I've discovered recently because she never says, your hair looks nice. She says, oh, you're not going to cut your hair, are you? Which is her way of saying it looks nice now. <laughs> She's predicting into the future that when it might look shit when I've had it cut. <laughs> Uh, my hair, I think. There. That was, mm. that was painful to well get out done. of me. Well Sorry, done. but I got there. Uh, Holly? Well, I'm the opposite of you. I, I am terrible at swearing, because this is my voice. It doesn't, like, fuck off. It just sounds delightful. <laughs> Isn't it? It's like, go fuck yourself. I will go and fuck myself. Thank you. That's so nice of you. I can't swear. Um, I, I actually really, I had a, um, physically, I had, well, I had a baby within the last year, so what I sort of thought was my body before and now are sort of two different things. Because I used to kind of like my boobs because they were sort of like Anton Deck, you know, they like, they like one was bigger than the other, but they had a lovely chemistry, you know, that was... <laughs> <laughs> they just had a good professional vibe about them. But and then they changed a lot because I had a baby and I sort of fed it and then they looked quite depressed. But recently I've noticed since I've sort of stopped breastfeeding, they like from looking quite sad, they've kind of got a bit of a sort of Princess Diana thing going on where they're a bit more like, hmm? <laughs> like my like my boobs are being interviewed by Martin Bashir and they're like, like a, a sort of coy almost, yeah. a coyness about Co them. coquettish almost like coquettish <laughs> depression yeah <laughs> and personality wise um, personality I'm not I'm not afraid to admit I'm too weak to open a bottle and ask and ask a friend to do it for me that's what's true about me <laughs> Dawn? Well, um, physically, okay. Um, everyone in my family, all the women in my family, have a gobble here. Gobble. Um, like a turkey? Yeah. I don't really know why we've got it. I don't a know what the point of it is. A, a throstle, did a you wattle. say? A wattle. A wattle, is that yeah. what it's called? Okay, well, we all have that. And um, I don't know if it's for small children to hold on to. I, <laughs> I don't know why it's there. But I, I, listen, I used to think it was horrible. Uh, but now I know it's a salute to my mother, to my grandmother, to my great-grandmother. So I'm happy to flick it for you here tonight. <laughs> and I don't do that for everyone. Uh, but a little bit like you, I've, I really enjoy my bosoms a lot. Um, and I'm quite happy for other people to enjoy them as well. <laughs> I, I don't like men with small hands. Um, <laughs> can't help it. I don't like the tuning thing. <laughs> you know, I don't like that. Um, 
Uh, or that one. Uh, or that. Yeah, I think that's come here. No, no. I, 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 think, that, I, think, I think that's, that's the doorbell. But you're already there. Um, <laughs> I never got there with that one. <laughs> but yes, I have endless, endless games with my own bosoms on my own time. Um, uh, but I can't be bothered to tell you about those games now. Um, but they happen in my nighty. Um, what about... <laughs> What about I per- can honestly pers- keep myself amused for hours. What about personality wine? Oh. oh yes. um, <laughs> Unless your boobs are your I'm personality. Sorry, I was busy thinking about my bosoms in the UK. <laughs> um, I'm fiercely loyal. If I am your friend, I would kill for you. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I look for opportunities to kill. <laughs> <laughs> and I may be short. Apparently, I'm short, some people say. Um... But, and I'm not afraid to go in low, hard, and I'm, I'm a biter. <laughs> people don't expect to be bitten in low places, and that's how I surprise people. That's me. <laughs> Could we use part of this as your caption for your... You know, when we do you on the, photo, the spread, when yeah. you staple your fanny? Yeah. Uh, could we have that as, like, Dawn... Uh, and then just mention some of those things that you said about the biting. Yeah, bosoms, biting, yeah, 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 all least, of that. These are some of the things she likes. It's really standard issue, doesn't it? It sounds really right. <laughs> Can we do it like a page three spread where it goes, Dawn's really concerned about the war. <laughs> <laughs> but she's ready to bite if called. <laughs> Sarah, what about you? Um, uh, physically, um, uh, probably, uh, well, my hair... But probably because I hated it for so long. Like, I kind of... Because growing up in Australia, you know, like, next to the beach where everybody's really, you know, suntanned and blonde and stuff, like, uh-huh. this didn't really... Uh, this complexion... Believe it or not, folks, I don't tan up very well. <laughs> I know, it's pretty shocking. Um, but I actually... Like, I was so fair when I was growing up, I couldn't go outside during the summer between 10 and 3. Like, I actually had to sit inside and watch children playing in the sunlight. Like... <laughs> I would be pressed up against the glass <laughs> like a dead Victorian child. <laughs> I'd be like, Mother, why are the children playing under the fiery orb? Why? <laughs> um, so I, I had to sort of get used to, to my hair um, and not hate it, which kind of, it was like, yeah, as I got older, I sort of, you know, it was okay being, being... And also there's like a whole load of people who are now quite proud of being, you know, ginger, like there's this whole kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, that's probably something I've kind of got at ease with. Um, uh, personality, I think um, I'm pretty negative, but I think maybe that's likeable. <laughs> do you reckon? I do. <laughs> Like, I think I always go in with the most miserable account of my life and other people's lives. And I think, in a way, maybe people don't mind that. Like, I think... Because I'm not... Like, I don't ever talk up anything. Like, I'm always down about something. And I think... Like, it's an acquired taste. But (laughs) I think some people really like that. Like, I've come to just go, I'm going to stop trying to be positive. Like, I've really tried to be positive, and it just... It's fucking horrible. Like, (laughs) positive people are excruciating to be around. Uh, So I think maybe... Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> You're not that positive. I know that's true. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, but I think that's again, it's another thing where I've just gone. I'm just going to get used to this. I'm not even going to try to be like super duper, you know, upbeat and whatnot. So okay. cool. Thank you, Mickey. Um, well, personality-wise, I'd say I was really, really positive. <laughs> 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 I am. 
<laughs> I'm annoyingly fucking sunny. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I kind of like shit happens and just get on with it. And physically, I like my body because it does stuff. And I used to hate it and have a really awkward relationship with it and want to be thinner. And But now it can run and jump and do trapeze, like badly, with all the grace of a breeze block. But it <laughs> still moves and does stuff. And that's good. Good. Excellent answer. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with Sarah Kendall. Mm. Mm. Does that mean I won the last round? <laughs> <laughs> That's remarkably positive of you to think that. Yeah. <laughs> and also I've instantly <laughs> turned this into a game where someone has to be winning. And, uh, <laughs> and you win the centrefold with Dawn Staple. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew what was up for grabs? Um, what did you want to be when you were a kid? Um... Uh, I, I really wanted to uh, be in comedy. Uh, like, I, I didn't know I wanted to be a stand-up. Um, but I was really obsessed with comedy from, from quite an early age. Like, I loved uh, the goodies. The goodies were, like, I was obsessed with them when I was a kid. Um, uh, I really liked Lucille Ball. Um, I was a huge fan of, of, of and, like, the, you know, I Love Lucy and, and Here's Lucy and The Lucy Show and all that stuff. Like, I, I was... You know, for a 10-year-old, I was quite across 1960s culture. <laughs> I was quite into it, actually. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I, I didn't know that stand-up even existed at that age. But um, I was quite fixated on, on comedy. Very, I just um, I remembered watching an episode of The Goodies with my brother. And it was this episode where they went to this uh, old house. And Tim Brooke Taylor, um, he played like um, uh, a maid. And there's this bit where he runs off a pier. He fell into this pier of flying a kite. And I laughed so hard that I threw up. Um, I actually, I did. I laughed so hard, kind of like when I was laughing at you choking earlier. Um, and it was the funniest thing I've ever seen, seriously. Um, Holly was nearly I, sick in a sink. Yeah. It was classic. And everyone just sat and laughed at me. Yeah. Really I funny. didn't. I offered you the Heimlich manoeuvre. No, you didn't. You said, don't come near me. <laughs> You're going to be sick. <laughs> I distinctly remember you hearing... Uh, oh, hearing you did you, offer you me the Heimlich manoeuvre. I thought I that was sort of some sexy move. You were trying to take advantage of me. Or like a, I was like, like a dance on. move. I should do the Heimlich manoeuvre. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do the Heimlich manoeuvre because you can actually break ribs on people and get away with it. And I wanted to break your ribs. And I may yet... <laughs> Coming up the stairs, I just heard Dawn go to Holly, don't try to touch me in a sexual way. <laughs> I mean, everyone has said that to me at one point this evening. So, uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, uh, uh, anything, anything in comedy, I just wanted to do anything in comedy. I loved uh, that feeling where you're totally out of control laughing. If I could in any way be associated with anything to do with that, that would have just been, um, yeah what I wanted to do, even you know, when I was quite young. And so it is what you do now? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I make people laugh till they're sick. <laughs> <laughs> Dawn, what about you? Um, well, I had three things I wanted to be when I was a kid, and I was very determined about all three. The first one was I wanted to be a burper. Um, I didn't realise that wasn't a job, and I was really good at it, and I still am. Um, but <laughs> I couldn't make... I couldn't, uh, sorry? Can you burp on demand? Would you like me to? Yes. yes. <laughs> Would you like me to? Yes. yes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> can you say something? Like never, never meet your heroes. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, you come on like it's all distasteful now, and that's all you wanted of me earlier was just the burping. God, I hate you're such a turncoat. Can you burp words? No, but um, I can't burp words. But have you ever tried to be a Dalek? It's not to do with burping. No. I can't quite pull this off, but I okay. have heard other people do it, okay. where you say, "See if you can see what I'm trying to say." <laughs> I've spent a lifetime trying to get this right. <laughs> what I'm saying. Yes, yes. Do you know what's great is that I've never actually watched Doctor Who. <laughs> did you know what I was saying? Yeah, I did. I, yeah, I, I think, yeah. Excellent. What were you saying? Listen, listen. There's only one word that Daleks <laughs> say. <laughs> and I think you'll find it makes very good use of the wattle. <laughs> all our skills. <laughs> the second thing I really wanted to be was a patient. <laughs> and I don't know if this is some strange sexual thing for being a child, but I just wanted to lie there and have people explore me <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and fix things on me in any place they could find. Um, I know that's all. Okay, let's have some therapy about that. Um, <laughs> and the third thing I really wanted to be uh, was an air hostess. Really badly wanted to do that. And uh, one of the reasons I think I wanted to do it was because my dad was very, very short. And his trousers always had to be altered. So my mum would cut the bottom two inches off the bottom of his trousers in one clean cut like that. And I would take that piece of the bottom of his trousers, put it on my head, <laughs> right pull it very sharp at the crease, and oh boy, there is an air hostess. <laughs> oh yeah, most glamorous job in the skies. Air hostess who can burp. <laughs> and what, what happened to the air hostess dream? Yeah, it just, it just fizzled to nothing. I'm still feeling failed about that. Okay. There's still time. I'm quite jealous on planes of air hostesses. And, and especially because they don't have to wear high heels anymore, That's which true. was my only problem with it. I didn't want to wear high heels. Ellen DeGeneres does that incredible routine about how they all you get into it just because they go, bye-bye, 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 bye-bye. <laughs> <bye-bye, laughs> it's, it's one of the best. It's so funny, anyway. And they don't mean it. No. <laughs> they mean fuck off, fuck off, they do. fuck they off, do. fuck off, <laughs> fuck off, fuck off, fuck off, fuck <laughs> off. Holly, what about you? What did you want to be? As a kid? I um, was obsessed with badgers as a child. Obsessed. Badgers. Badgers. Ba- badgers. 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 The animal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. I was. Badgeree. 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 Obsessed with badgeree as a child. I loved <laughs> badgers. Loved them. And I wanted to be a professional badger watcher. Um, that's what I had my heart set on. But no one pays you to watch them. <laughs> There's little money to be made in that industry. <laughs> you get more for killing them and selling their pelt. Yeah. But still, the people who kill them obviously need someone to watch them and find them. So, <laughs> although it would break your heart, you could have made money yeah. <laughs> pointing the hunters to the animal you loved. Yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. Imagine if this is where I decide to give up comedy and I'm like, <laughs> think you've just found a business plan. <laughs> 
I find the animals, they then load them into <laughs> load them into a pit and then they watch the badger baiting. Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you want to be when you were little? Um, I wanted to be a pisky, first of all. Uh, which is yeah, which is how I pronounced Pixie when I was very little. And then uh, then the next thing I wanted to be was a stripper. I thought it was just nice lady dancing, and I was really good at dancing, and I thought I could probably make a career of this. Uh, and then the last thing, not the last thing, <laughs> the last thing should be comedy, shouldn't it? Um, the one before that, I really wanted to be a vet, because I thought it was just cuddling animals. And then I did a work experience in a veterinary hospital in Gateshead, and I had to sit in on various operations, and I had to take animals off people when they were bringing them in to be put down, and it was the most horrific experience I'd been through at that point. So then I just asked if I could label bottles for the rest of my week there. <laughs> so if there's a, does anybody, is there a job where you can label bottles for a living? I could work in a factory. I could do that now, because I was really, really good at that. Um, but yeah, they were the three things, and none of them really came to fruition, so I had to do stand-up instead, <laughs> which I'm pleased about. I'm having a lovely time, genuinely, but there's still an element of me that thinks, could I label bottles with a bikini on? <laughs> could I? While no one's also... stopping you. No one is stopping <laughs> no. you, baby. <laughs> You're positively encouraging me, <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> and may I tell you that pisky is the way that we Cornish hmm. say pixie. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Maybe I was just Maybe Cornish, you were just Cornish. Just a <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and may I also tell you that the most famous pisky in Cornwall is Joan the Wad. Joan the Wad. Ever heard of her? No. What was, what was her story? Joan the Wad. Um, I don't really know her story. All I know is she's really ugly. And um, when I say ugly, I just mean like, like a creature, not like a person. And yet we've come to know her as Joan the Wad. I'm expecting her to look like a Joan. Yeah. But this is honestly what she looks like. <laughs> that is Joan the Wad. Joan. And why, why do the Cornish call it pisky instead of pixie? Just, uh, I don't know. Maybe it has the same... Are there other words that you all problem. pronounce wrong? Um, it's a fact. I'm sorry, people boo there. Boo. <laughs> don't be mean to the Cornish. Were there other words that we don't know? Oh, there's plenty of other words. Um, I can't, they're all right, though. They're not wrong. They're oh, okay. all completely <laughs> right. Where wrong. does Joan okay. the Pisky live? Uh, well, she's from Polpero. That's all. I, I think she's got something to what do a lovely with. Place. I need to be more informed about this. <laughs> um, but I think she's got something to do with crops and fertility and stuff. We could, could find it on the internet, so couldn't we? Just and to I assume that she's into crops and fertility, just because she's a pisky. <laughs> <laughs> she might be but into smoking and joyriding. You don't know. Don't assume. If you are given one, it signifies, uh, or someone hopes that you will have great wealth and prosperity. A pisky. And I think fertility, but I'm might have added that. This, this is what brings you wealth. <laughs> <laughs> Look for it. Mickey, what did you want to be when you were a bin? Um, let me just cross off all my pixie questions. <laughs> um, I wanted to be a cat for quite a while. That looked like fun, just like being rubbed, not in oh. the way that does. <laughs> Perhaps I've, you could be I've, a patient. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I'd like to, to be rubbed and explored. I'd still quite like to be a cat. Very lonely. Um, no, a journalist. I always wanted to be a writer, be a journalist, because people are really interesting in one way or another, and that's what being a journalist is all about, getting to meet interesting people. Hmm. But you guys all went into comedy. So what is the best Good thing? Good link. <laughs> Can I just Not ask my first question? rodeo, did you, Tiger. Did you answer that? Did you? Yes, yeah. you did. Yes, you did. Yeah, you did. That's right. 
Right. right. <laughs> no, I like everything to be fair. It must be fair. <laughs> we did just you, got Dawn in to do the admin. Did you, um, <laughs> did you fake... Were you a hypochondriac as a child or a fake illness to be a patient? Me? Yeah. Uh, yes, actually. Yes. I did. But, you see, my dad was in... The, I keep talking about my dad a lot, but he was in the RAF and we moved around a lot. So you had to make new friends everywhere you went. So you did little fireworks, you know, Ooh, look at me, oh, I like me a lot. Um, and if people didn't, I'd just try and get attention by faking illness. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> For instance, I have been known to have toxic blood. Yeah, I claimed that when I was eight. I, I <laughs> faked a hearing test just by deliberately saying I hadn't heard different beeps so that I could get a hearing aid. <laughs> what, what did you like about the hearing I aid? I just thought it was a good look for me. It just was. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, I thought this is this would be a great thing. It was a child. I thought I'll just pretend I didn't hear some of those beeps, and I'll get a hearing aid out of it. And I went on for like three or four tests, just deliberately not hearing some of the lower registers, <laughs> till everyone got very worried about me. And then they did another one. And they were like, "She's fine. I don't know what anyone's complaining about." I, looking back, I feel terrible. <laughs> <laughs> did you get? You didn't get the hearing aid then? I didn't get that far. I, I what caved happened? when they went, do you want some cake? And I was like, yeah. And then they were like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> can, um, I, can I just, on that, on the hearing aid thing, that's made me think about a time when my daughter brought me a picture and it was of Kate Moss in very beautiful um, uh, glasses. And she said, I want these. And she was about 12. And I said, no, no, those are glasses. They're proper glasses. You don't need glasses. And she said, no, but I want these. And I said, no, you don't need glasses. So she came back the next week. She said, I have booked an appointment at, the, at Specsavers. I want those. And I thought, oh, right, she's going to she's gonna have to have a sight test. All right, I'll give in to that. So I, I said, no, you're not going there. You'll come to my optician with me. And I took her to the optician. I said, listen, she's fibbing because she wants the glasses. And he said, she can't fib to the guy doing the test because they double-check it and stuff. So she went in, and I, was, I even looked at that guy and said, you know, she's fibbing. Um, and anyway, he came, he came out. And, she, and, she, and I went and sat in with her, actually. And she started by, you know, not even noticing the huge, giant page. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, honestly, shame on our family that you're su such a bad actor. <laughs> bad liar. That's terrible. Appalling. <laughs> Um, and I thought, really, you could have waited till a couple of lines down. Anyway, she does the test, she comes out, and the guy said to me, severely myopic. <laughs> right, he said, she can't see anything. She hasn't seen anything for years. <laughs> <laughs> for years? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I got those glasses. I got those Kate Moss glasses. She's got two pairs in two different colours. <laughs> bad mother, bad mother. That's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> okay, let's talk about role models. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously your mum tends to be the first sort of maybe feminist role model that you get. Um, who are the women that you've looked up to and why? And I'll start with Sarah Millican at the end, please. Um, oh, God. Um, well, my mum, yeah, clearly. Um, but then also... I had a really cool teacher. I was always friends with the teachers, not really with the kids, because I was friends with the teachers. That's why. <laughs> it wasn't really my decision to not be friends with the kids. Uh, I was very quiet at school and very uh, sort of bookish, 
And the teachers always um, liked me because I, I guess I was well behaved and quiet and handed my work in on time and things. And we, we had a really cool teacher when in the, uh, the first year juniors uh, and she was she she obviously taught us all of the different lessons, all the different subjects. Um, but it, she always managed to bring it back round to art. Everything we ever did, she managed to get art. She was really an art teacher, but she'd somehow landed this gig. And everything we ever did had an artistic slant. And I really loved that, that she found art in everything we did. And then I also loved that one day she came in with sunglasses on and we asked her why, and it's because she tried to bleach her eyelashes and it had gone badly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and it just made me love her more because she was flawed, but also awesome uh, that she'd tried that. Um, so I think probably just because of how she was very fun and playful and made like really boring subjects really fun and I think that's how that's how they sink in I guess yeah Holly uh well my mum is a huge role model to me because she uh got ordained in her 50s I think and she she just decided that she'd always been involved in the church but then she was like I really want to do this and she went to university she did she did her whole um whatever you call it, God, God thing, I don't know. Theology. Um, Am I your mum? <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> to be fair, I can't see you from here, but I... Um, <laughs> she, she, what I love about her, she, she basically became a vicar about the same time that I wanted to get into comedy, and I felt that because she just went and did something completely different with her life and went for it. And it's a really sort of like very male industry, the church, as I'm sure you've come across. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I think it was a really like amazing thing for me as, you know, in my mid-20s. I'd had another job and I wasn't, wasn't sure what I was doing. And then she went and just changed her life and did something completely different and was like, I know it's going to be hard. And I know women aren't like, that popular at the moment. And I feel like... At the time, and I feel like at the time it was such a great thing for me to do. But also there were a ton of comics at the time. I think Linda Smith was a huge influence for me yeah. when I was little or younger. I was brought up listening to her on Radio 4 and um, I just think she was phenomenal. And there are so many quotable jokes that she did that I would say that she was someone who I, li I still listen to now and I'm like, how sharp and funny can one person be? It was, she, she was incredible. So there would can be my I, two Can pieces. I just interject? I am... Um, I saw Linda Smith uh, live in uh, the Customs House in South Shields, which is the, the local venue to where I'm from. And, um, and it was the day that I was splitting up with my ex-husband and we, uh, I, we were both leaving the house and we both, I didn't have a ticket. I put myself on like the returns list uh, like months and months before. And then as we were splitting up, we literally both walked out of the house and walked in separate directions. And I just had to walk to my parents' house where I was moving in. And I was absolutely distraught and sort of, you know, quietly crying with the, la the last box of my life uh, to move back into my old bedroom at my mum and dad's. And my dad had already asked if I wanted my Philip Schofield posters back out the loft. <laughs> <laughs> And I did, clearly. Uh, <laughs> Athena got a lot of money out of me in the 80s. Um, and, um, and I got a phone call from the theatre to say uh, they had a ticket uh, to see Linda Smith if I wanted it. And I just thought, oh, I can't do anything today because I was just a mess. And, and then I thought, maybe that would be a good thing to do, maybe to take myself out of my life for a couple of hours. And I went and saw her, and she was amazing, as expected. And for two hours, I sort of forgot all of the shit that was going on. And then, uh, and then as I came back out, my life was still crap, 
But for two hours, I'd sort of forgotten that. And every now and again, when I think, I used to work in the job centre and I used to help people back into work and get on the right benefits. And it really felt like a good job to do. Like I was a good person for doing it and I loved doing it. And I really liked helping people. But then when you turn to do stand-up and you essentially tell cock jokes on stage for money, <laughs> it doesn't feel quite so worthy. And then every now and again, I get a flicker of what Linda Smith did for me that day. And I thought, well, if every now and again I could do that for somebody else where they come and see my show and they've got stuff going on and then as they leave, it all comes back, but they've had a little bit of relief from it. Then, So actually seeing her had that weird sort of circular mm. effect when I became a stand-up, I guess. I've got a Linda Smith story too. Oh. When I was a, a baby journalist, she very kindly pointed me away from a question that I never asked again, but she did it so sweetly. And I asked what it was like to be a woman in comedy, which I know is a, don't ask that question. I know that now. And she went, well, I don't know. It's all I've ever been. I've never been a giraffe in comedy. Dawn, what about role models in your life? Um, well, likewise, actually, my mum was um, an amazing role model for me and whose, her life changed enormously because my dad died when we, I was quite young. And so my mum, after the tragedy of my, my dad committed suicide, which was just awful, and my mum rose like a phoenix from the ashes of this awful thing and just reclaimed her life in a completely different way. I would not have wished for her to have that awful uh, tragedy uh, to learn stuff about herself. But she went from being in a couple, as someone she'd married when she was um, you know, 18, to suddenly being widowed in her 40s. And she changed her life around completely. And she had tr my mum was a real, um, what's the right word? I mean, a survivor, definitely. But she was a cope and she was very adaptable because my dad was in the RAF, so we moved around a lot. So my mum had to find jobs wherever we were. One job that she decided to do was to run um, a pet po uh, a poodle parlor. <laughs> poodle parlor. Um, canine beautician is what she went off to train herself to do. Uh, she, she, she was sometimes a stranger to the truth, my mum. Um, and she, she went and she had a week's training, um, but she altered the certificate uh, to make it look like she'd done it 10 years before. <laughs> and she put it up and she brought the poodles into the shop and uh, she kept our family going by clipping poodles and being bitten a lot. She gave every dog a chance. Um, just one chance, one chance. Um, but then she went from doing that and being an accountant and doing all, anything she could think of to do. But she eventually decided, well, um, I went home one Christmas and on the mantelpiece in my mum's house were all these cards from people saying, thank you for saving my life. Thank you for being the light at the end of my tunnel. Thank you for everything you've done. I said to her, who are these people, mum? Who are they? She said, oh, it's just young people. There's some oh, glue sniffers and... Um, <laughs> There's some people who have heroin. And, um, you know, they're perfectly lovely. They're just a bit lost. Um, and she was inviting everybody into her kitchen uh, and just sort of giving everyone a cup of tea and trying to talk sense. And eventually she got some proper training. And eventually after that, she opened up a center for women and their children to deal with uh, drug and alcohol abuse problems. And she identified a problem in this country, which is that we had then laws where if you uh, have a big problem with um, major class A drugs, people take your children immediately. And your children are gone, and you have to prove that you are clean, 
and that you can cope before they return to you, and that can be years, and kids are in foster care. My mum said, this is wrong. What you do to help kids recover in this situation, they are the, all the affected others. You, 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 you help to fix the family together. So the, the mums and the kids recover together. And so she opened a center, it was one flat, then it was four flats, then it was 10 flats, and then it was a huge area, and she became very well known in Plymouth for doing that. And in fact, the government then, Mo Molan was involved with the drug situation at that point. Uh, not a drug taker. <laughs> not a drug taker. Um, and she, um, she came down to consult with my mum about the system because it was working, you know, it was working very well. So yeah, my mum was amazing. Um, and when it comes to comedy, I have to say Victoria Wood was my mm. influence. Mm. Um, yeah, and when Jennifer and I first went up to Edinburgh, um, we didn't understand that at Edinburgh, everybody would write reviews of you, people who write in the Scotsman who normally do the gardening page, um, and they suddenly write about your comedy act and they're cruel and awful, and we had some terrible reviews. Yes, the show was terrible, but, um, <laughs> uh, but we anyway, we had some dreadful reviews and it was uh, crushing. And it was Victoria who wrote us a letter and left it at the stage door for us that said, do, ignore this, I saw your show, you are great, keep going, you're funny. Oh, wow. And so, you know, a lot to thank her for. And I really admire everything about the way she controlled her career. Have you still got the letter? No, I don't think I have. I think Fatty's oh. got that letter. <laughs> yeah, I think she's got it. Yeah. Oh. She sent us a wicked email, didn't she, Sarah? Yeah, she did. If, do you want me to read it? Can no. It? I can hunt it out for the second half. Do you want okay, me to do that? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I haven't got my phone on me. Uh, we did... Um, should we... D yeah, we'll talk about it okay. yeah, in the second half. Okay. okay. Um, Sarah? Um, I love that all of us are saying our mums first. That's... Uh, my mum as well. My mum, uh, like you, uh, she uh, grew up on RAF bases. But she, uh, my mum has this theory that... Uh, we call them RAF brats in Australia. Uh, but her theory was that you either become like a showman and become really uh, sort of social and affable, or you become a total recluse. And my mum was like this total recluse. And the thing that she has that I've never really had is she just doesn't, she doesn't give a shit what people think. And it's such an admirable quality. Like, I really care what people think. And, you know, part of what I do is that kind of desire to, you know, get people to like me and stuff. Whereas she's just got this kind of, like, every time she would champion my cause or my brother's cause or if she had to go up to the school because there was a bully or there was a, a teacher who was being unfair. She just, um, she was so bold about it and she didn't care about who liked it, who didn't like it. She's just a really strong person who, that, 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 the thing of not caring what people think of you and doing the right thing because you know it's the right thing. I wish I carried that more, like I wish I had that sort of, that inner core that she has. Um, professionally, uh, I mentioned earlier Lucille Ball. Lucille Ball, for me, I just, uh, she was such a revelation to me as a kid because she was, uh, like, I, I read up a lot about her um, when I was younger, but, I mean, she broke through when she was, like, 38 or something. Really? Yeah, so she'd been uh, in these B movies and had never really done very well in films. She was more of a dancer sort of, you know, thing. And she got I Love Lucy when she was about 36, 37, maybe even 38. Like, she was kind of old by standards back then. And she played this housewife, but she was nuts. She was behaving like a child. Yeah. And I remember as a kid just being totally fixated by this 
woman who was in this domestic setting, but she was the one who was being the naughty child. It's always in comedy. It's always the man child. It's always the man who's acting up. And she, you know, 60 years ago, 70 years ago, she was playing this character where she was the one who was being the really naughty child. And I just, I, I, her physical comedy was so accomplished. She was so physically fit, you know, like even like people like Buster Keaton really respected her, her stagecraft. And I think, yeah, she's just, she, and also I, I've certainly felt like it's never too late to kind of become that incarnation of yourself. Like, you know, I feel like I've sort of figured out what I do quite late professionally. I've done it for quite some time, but only recently have I gone, oh, that's what I do. And I kind of think, I would always look at Lucille Ball and think, it's okay, you can take your time. It can take a while to figure out what you do. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with coming to it a bit late. Yeah, that's good. Hmm. What about you? Well, I'm going to like stick with the trend and say my mum as well, um, although she's, she's an odd feminist, Suzanne. Like, she brought me up on her own and she went and took ironing in when she didn't have a work from the neighbours and she was totally humble and she did loads of stuff on her own and she was the strongest woman I... No, and then she opens her mouth, and man, <coughs> feminism just goes by the wayside, but in a strange way. I remember I was seeing a guy, and he'd stayed over. My mum had phoned me, and I went, oh, just Jed's here. Can I call you when he's gone? And she went, okay, so I called her, and she went, oh, did he come round this morning for a cup of tea? And I was like, no, mum, I'm 36 years old. That's not, that's, that's not what happened. And she went, oh, have you taken it to the next level? <laughs> <laughs> which is adorable, but brace yourself. And I went, sure, we've taken it to the next level. And she went, oh, was it violent? <laughs> <laughs> and I went, sorry, what now? And she went, was it, you know, violent? And I went, I can only imagine you mean rough and I still don't want this conversation. <laughs> and then she said, and it's that kind, she went, well, I might be a lady in her 60s, but I really like sex and it's good for me to know that my daughter's having a nice time. <laughs> So bless her. Thanks, Anne. <laughs> I think we have to. We have, yeah, to, have, an I think we have to have an interval. Yeah. Um, so, oh, we'll come back. It's yeah, fine. We'll come back. Uh, so, like, I guess, like, fifteen, twenty-minute interval. Get yourself some uh, drinks, have ways and things, um, and we'll see you shortly. But thank you very much. You're a smashing audience. Thank you. We hope you're enjoying this latest in conversation with Standard Issue. A quick reminder that Standard Issue magazine is available on all good internet browsers at standardissuemagazine.com and all of our podcasts are available on iTunes and directly from standardissuemagazine.com slash podcasts. Now, on with the show! Yes, I've screen-grabbed it so I can read it to you. So what we did, we did um, uh, the year before last? Question again. Uh, yeah, correct. Yeah, two years. Yeah, two years ago, uh, we did um, a, a gig in London um, for Comic Relief uh, with Standard Issue, and it was Holly was on, and there was uh, nine nine female comics, I think, yep. or I, as I like to call them, comics, and <laughs> <laughs> and we asked. Um, uh, Victoria Wood, if she could possibly, like in a kind of a dream world, maybe do a spot. And she had replied and said uh, she wasn't sure <laughs> could, if, if she was going to be available, could we come back to a closer time? And then turned out she was going to be filming. Uh, but uh, as a good idea from actually from my husband suggested that he said, why don't you get the people who, who can't come to maybe do like a funny apology email type of thing that we could read out? So this is from, uh, this is word for word from Victoria Wood. Uh, Paula. Could you send this for me? Just the usual. <laughs> Dear 
Sheila Milligan. <laughs> Thank you for your email inviting me to take part in Insert Name of Show Fun Run Project. Obviously, I am a keen supporter of Insert Name of Charity and would love to perform, run, paint picture of Paul McCartney on boiled egg. <laughs> Unfortunately, on the date in question, I will be speaking at the UN on women's rights, stroke helping to form a small right-of-centre political party headed by Angela Rippon, stroke chatting to my fiancé on death row via Skype. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Paula. Of course, really, I'll be brushing toast crumbs off my fleece and watching Storage Wars. Victoria. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. <laughs> So, obviously, she was a very funny woman, so I'm going to ask you, what is the one thing that never fails to make you laugh? And I'm going to start with Holly. Oh, <laughs> so hard. Um... <laughs> Don't break. Don't break. Don't Correct. break. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Holly, I've just... Please show me what that was. I just caught a glimpse of. Um, I don't. I'm not sure that's. I'm not sure that's supposed to make you laugh, love. Yes, it is. <laughs> Can I just ask where you've put it? <laughs> Can I all say I can, what you think. All I can say is I want to be your patient. <laughs> No, it isn't. <laughs> but the purpose where, where, of where the is your dog playing with it? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most grotesque idea that you could come home and find your dog. <laughs> oh my God. That would be the best dragon's den in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dog dildo. I'd say um, <laughs> that letters that people write into women's magazines, i.e., you know, chat magazine style, because I subsidised my temping career for a few years by writing what I thought was pretty genuine, you know, letters, and I'd get paid 30, 60 quid a month by writing, just because I just, sometimes I'd just be really formulaic about it, and other times I'd write things like, as a single working mum, I love to take my baby to work with me. All I have to do is put him next to the photocopier and he falls straight asleep. So at night, now I imitate the sound of a photocopier and hey presto, zizzers till 6am. And I got like 60 quid a go for it. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, you can make serious cash out of those idiots. It's amazing. So yeah, that would be mine. Excellent. Dawn? Uh, things that guarantee to make me laugh. Yeah. Uh, okay, my brother, 100%. Uh, uh, Fatty Saunders, 100%, always. <laughs> and she will do anything to make you laugh. <laughs> I can't even tell you some of the things, but... Yeah, yeah, so you can. Will yeah, can. Can. can you tell us one of them? Total tart. <laughs> she is a total tart for a laugh. Um, <laughs> in a good way. Um, no, I can't tell you the things. Too rude, too rude. Without her permission, I can't. Um, uh, Dogs in wigs. 
Uh, <laughs> babies in wigs. Love that. And vomiting. That's my list. You, so you vomiting at other people? No, vomiting? honestly, if you, I live in Plymouth. Well, I don't know. I live in Cornwall, but, but I travel through Plymouth. Sometimes late at night, and honestly, people are honking up <laughs> on the side. And there's something about the lack of control and the fall every every orifice. <laughs> that I don't know. I don't know why it just makes me laugh every time. <laughs> every time. And yeah, I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm sick. <laughs> You're a patient. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah Kendall? Um, I, uh, this is sort of my secret shame. Um, I love people hurting themselves. Not dying, not getting genuinely hurt, but you know like those um, like funniest home video clip shows? Uh, it's, I, I, as I say, it's like my secret shame. I can watch those for hours and I will <laughs> laugh so hard. Just... Even my husband is sort of like, what are, you, what are you doing? Why is this funny to you? And I'm just like, I don't know. It's like the kid's got a hammer, the dad's putting up a shelf, and I know he's going to get hit in the balls by the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it literally a thousand times, and I know they're going to put a die-oing on it, and it just... <laughs> every time, oh, he's going to hit in the nuts, you know. Or like kids going down slides, and they go too fast, and then they go skinning on their face on the grass. I'm a parent, like even I just see, when kids, and I love it when, um, like when people trip on a raised piece of pavement, but they don't fall. You know when they do the trip and the little run afterwards? I love it. I love people being stripped of their dignity. <laughs> Sarah? Um, uh, probably... Uh my husband makes me laugh all the time, uh, and like my female friends, I just I don't really have any. I don't I don't do friends that don't make me laugh. I don't believe in it. Uh, they don't they don't last long. Fuck them. Uh, so I like spending time with my female friends as well. And my family are all very funny. Uh, and my sister always says we're all funny in our family. Sarah's the just just the one that gets paid for it. The rest of us do it for free. <laughs> Uh, she's right. She is right. Uh, and um, a fart. I like a fart. Um, oh, farts are great. Although oh, God, a fart. I have IBS, so sometimes they're quite worrying. Uh, uh, but also, I've recently discovered that if I'm careful, I can walk in on my dog having sex with a John Lewis throw. Uh, oh, yeah. It's a good quality one. Uh, pulls it off the sofa, makes it up into the shape of a dog, and just has a good... Going at it. That makes uh, your dog the second most satisfied dog in the world. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah, he um, and I want the the because he has uh, two uh, discs on his collar that kind of sort of chink together, so I can hear it happening, <laughs> and I try and creep up on him. <laughs> we had a and the day before because he, he had his he had his balls off and he had them off quite late because we got him he's a rescue and he was four years old when we got him and that's quite late but it's a condition of the dogs trust rescue adoption process that you have to have him done so um and obviously he doesn't know that it's about to happen and you can't you know prepare him for it and i walked <laughs> in on him because i heard the chink 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 like rhythmic chink and I walked in on him and he'd made the throw into a shape of a dog and he was giving it a good go and he sort of stopped and like didn't stop like go back down on all fours but just stopped paused and looked at me like oh fuck (laughs) 
And I just said, oh, it's your last day of them working properly. Have a bloody good go. And I walked out of the room and within three seconds, chink, 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 chink. <laughs> but it's quite impressive because he, he hasn't got any balls. He still does it now. But it just means that I let him do it, but I don't have to wash the throwers often. <laughs> I love how you're caught in this. You're like trying to creep up on him. You're dogging your dog. <laughs> I am. Is it, is it as funny when watch. your dog catches you? <laughs> oh, no, we invite him in. Uh, yeah, he's got a Can bed right... No, no, he's not. <laughs> Just likes to watch. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't join in or anything. It's fine. <laughs> he's got his own toys like that lady's dog has. Keeps himself occupied. We had a cat that we, uh, one of our cats was really, really stupid cat. He was so lovely, but the dumbest of all the cats we'd ever owned. And he um, used to do the, what your dog did, but do it to human arms. So you'd be, I know. <laughs> I love that. I know. He wouldn't even. He wouldn't even identify a fluffy object. It would be a <laughs> skin and a hand, right? So you'd be sitting there watching television, and he'd sort of slink over. <laughs> And, you, and then my whole family would be like, oh, shit, Oscar's going to do it. But we'd, always, we'd let it happen because it was just too funny. And he'd made this kind of... <laughs> and then, so then he'd, position, he'd straddle your arm and so, like, he'd try to get into a good position and we'd just be like, oh, fuck, it's going to happen. And then uh, I would just, for extra effect, I'd sometimes go... <laughs> in my head. <laughs> He would tie, and he'd had the operation, he had no equipment, but he would start like grabbing the back of my hand, like chewing on it, like giving it little love bites and humping my, and then you'd have to like throw the cat off because the, the joke had got out of control by that point. Uh, but were, it was you, easy, yeah. were you paranoid that your arms were hairy? <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what you mean. <laughs> that is a good point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the story. Yeah, my cat, as he's got older, my, I've got a boy cat and a girl cat, and when I go away, when I get back, Mark is the girl, and she couldn't give a shit that I've been away and come back, but Ross is, like, amorous <laughs> and, like, follows me around. I thought he just missed me, but then he would sit on my lap and he'd be purring away, and then he would get aroused. His little lipstick comes out. Oh, no. Oh. Just, just shoots him up, and he looks horrified and he looks at it and he looks at me and then he just washes it while maintaining direct eye contact <laughs> until it goes away and we both sit in a stunned uncomfortable silence because for 14 years i thought i was his mum and apparently that is not the relationship he thinks we have so you call it the lipstick we call it uh, 80s phone and home that's our code word <laughs> When it's come out and it's all like, ouch, with the pink glowy end on. <laughs> oh, 80s phoning home again. It's <laughs> disgusting. Um, okay, so we've covered laughter. <laughs> um, what never fails to piss you off? And I'm going to start with you, Milliken. <laughs> I don't get really annoyed that often I, oh what okay I've done a lot of driving lately and I think I'm an alright driver I'm quite sort of safe but not you know <coughs> doing 50 in a 70 um, but I get reasonably annoyed by somebody who by people who don't seem surprised when the, the traffic lights turn green so you're sitting at traffic lights and we're all like, you know, riding a clutch or maybe you've put your, your handbrake on or whatever and then they do that sort of 
Oh, God, oh, God, okay, okay. And then they put it in gear, and then they take the handbrake off, and then three cars get through, and it goes red again. And that really pisses me off. But I don't, I don't flash, and I don't beep or anything like that. I'm, it's very internalised, so I will end up with an ulcer at some point. Um, I do sometimes gesticulate, but I only do it when I'm driving at speed. I think it's good if I can get away. I'll do a kind of flick in the vase, or I'll do a cock, or a... I did once accidentally do that, and I forgot that's not, that's not one. That's not one, is it? <laughs> I'm so annoyed by your driving that I'm going to suck your cock. (laughs) 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 Oh, that was the code. Mm. (laughs) Holly? I get really annoyed by my parents using me as tech support. That annoys me. Oh, my God. And also, like, I got my mum a... Um, me and my brother went halves and bought her a, a robot, uh, mobile phone a couple of years ago because she's Did not quite... Did you call it a robot? A robot, yeah. <laughs> we got a robot. We they were like, use you calling as tech us. support. A robot. Can you call a mobile phone a robot? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, yeah. No, we got her a, a mobile phone because she, she's not quite old enough for one of those uh, red emergency buttons. And, um, jeez, <laughs> honestly, their texting is. <laughs> you right? purse. The texting is so bad. Just such a terrible level of texting. Like, uh, they'll, like they'll just text you. I'll say, oh, how's your holiday? And they'll say, we are in Rye. And I'll say, Oh, wow. Well, this, this sort of uh, um, messaging, I can understand why you don't send postcards anymore. And then they write back, we are in Rye. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> they're terrible. And I sort of, like, my mum bought this really expensive um, MacBook the other day. Like, really, like, that's my inheritance. And she, <laughs> she used it as a tray. I saw her using it as a tray. I was like, come <laughs> on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and the, my, bro- my brother, is, unfortunately, my brother gets it worse. He has to set everything for them. So he had to go, they got a new TV and they don't know how to make all the, t- all the channels work. So he, um, <laughs> he set the, they're like, you know how when you turn it on, it always goes to one channel. He set that to um, Gay Chat Rabbit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they don't know how to change it. So every time, my mum's yeah, a vicar wh- and they turn it on and then it's like that. For, they're desperately trying to get it off that. Gay but. Chat Rabbit? What is that? Is it called Chat... Chat rabbit? Is that what it's called? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's one of those. Am I? <laughs> she know. <laughs> Deborah Meaden's just spent a hundred pounds on chat rabbit. It's. Uh... Do you know what chat rabbit is? Have I made that up? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a good way to flush out an audience member. <laughs> <laughs> or have I made that up? <laughs> <laughs> my mum sends amazing texts she said because um she'll put things in capitals in the middle of the sentence like one <laughs> word will be capitalized but for like she sent me this one text and i'll shout the bits that were capitalized okay so the text went you know that woman who passed out in the hairdressers <laughs> 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 then like 14 question marks <laughs> turns out she was drinking ethanol <laughs> It's in hand wash. <coughs> Turns out it's quite common. 
That's like a normal text message for her to send me. <laughs> My mum can't work out predictive text, so for like about four months when she got a new phone, she kept signing off, none. <laughs> Love none. <laughs> and calling me Nick as well. Uh, Dawn, what makes you cross? Um, I really can't be doing... I know it's an old chestnut, but it's still around. I cannot be doing with when you said it and then a bloke says it and that's when it's heard. Yeah. Yeah. I can't be doing with that at all. Um, Could a man repeat that so we all know what she's talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, what really annoys me still, it's annoyed me since I was two, is when my brother wins at wrestling. <laughs> um, and to this day, my brother, who is two years older than me, if we are sitting together anywhere, <coughs> if we're watching telly, if we're in a car together, we have to start a fight, physical fight. And I still really want to win it, and I very rarely do, and it really pisses me off. <laughs> Do you, do you bite him low and hard? I have, I have done biting. He says that's against the rules. <laughs> like there are rules. <laughs> because is pinning your shoulders to the floor with knees and then waiting for dribble <laughs> to go on you? Isn't that against the rules? Yes, I agree. <laughs> I, I remember something else that annoys me. I don't know. I've never said this out loud, so I don't know if it makes sense. But when you, it's basically on service calls or when you meet somebody like an estate agent and you don't ask them how they are. You just go, hi there. And they go, yeah, good, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit about you. You know what I mean? Does that, that, does that happen? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sarah Kendall? <laughs> Um, tons of things piss me off. I'm trying to, I'm serious, I'm trying to, like, pick out my top two. But it's little things. Like, I hate, uh, I hate litterbugs. I hate people who just, and, and when people finish a cigarette and flick it, and you're like, that's trash. You've just flicked trash. You know that this weird thing where they just don't think it's trash, and they flick it in the gutter, or, you know, like, that drives me crazy. Um, I can't stand, um, like, people who are rude to wait stuff. That's, like, mm -hmm. one of my... You know, like, when you go out with someone or, like, certainly with business things where you have, like, a lunch and then, like, it just flushes out who the absolute cockhead is. The person <laughs> who just doesn't make eye contact with the waiter when they're ordering stuff or they go, oh, this isn't, this isn't actually what I... Or, you know, like, that kind of... And I worked in the service industry for, like, six years and the amount of times you'd have to put up with that shit, like, it still yeah. makes me fucking... Like, yeah, I know! <laughs> And when you, see it, when you see it happening at the next table and you're like, I want to fucking say something. I never say anything. That's my problem. I'm like the guy from Network. I'm mad as hell, but I don't ever, you know, say anything. Uh, I, what else can't... Oh, God! Um, <laughs> <laughs> this happened with a cab company where I rang them and I said, I've got to get a cab at four. And there was no cab by 4.15. And I rang them and I said, there's no cab. And they said, well, there's a lot of traffic on the road now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you're like... Yeah, and you're a cab company, and you do this every day, and you should know there's a lot of traffic on the road, so you should have sent the cab earlier, because I, I didn't say 4.15, I said 4 o'clock. Like, 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 that kind of thing where you've just got someone going, sorry, but there's a lot of traffic. But you're like, but that sh yeah. how can that... Now I just realised I am the person being mean to the service person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the person from the second anecdote. In the third anecdote. It's haunting. Um... <laughs> That's my short list. Cool. Now, what makes cool you me. mad? Um, 
I, I'm quite serious, but I really don't like it when people take the piss out of someone's generosity and you can see that someone's being really kind and someone's just using them and will just suck them dry. Yeah, they are cock-juggling thundercunts. <laughs> um, now I've got us all wound up. Um, <laughs> not in the dildo way. <laughs> There's no context to that on the podcast whatsoever. <laughs> I think that should just become a catchphrase of the podcast. We just say not, not in, a in a dildo, dildo way. way. <laughs> our new tagline. Um, what do you do to relax? Not in a dildo. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's me out then. <laughs> um, shall I start with uh, Lady French? Oh, oh, what do I do to relax? Yeah. What I think I'd like to do to relax, uh, but I'm not allowed to do, and we know it's led to very bad things in the past, but I really would like to have industrial strength anaesthetic. <laughs> Oh, I'd love it. Do you love anaesthetic? I do. I don't think I've ever had it. I don't get it as often as I really want it. <laughs> I, I, you know, even if you claim you've got toxic blood and stuff, nobody will take you seriously and give you anaesthetic. You're rich enough, surely, to be able to hire your own anything. I give all my money away. <laughs> God, I, I support the sex toys for dogs trade. <laughs> and I always have. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, then. Best-selling model, the Dawn French. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've seen it. It lights up. It's like a sort of pinky thing. Uh, quite popular. Um. So on a lighter-coloured dog, you can see them glow. Yeah. That's what's really... <laughs> <laughs> the, the advert for it is just a huge puddle, and it's like... <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. joke. Do you mean an actual general anaesthetic? Well, I, you know, I haven't had an anaesthetic, a proper general... I, well, I've had it very rarely. Yep. But when I have <laughs> had it... You should have it rarely. <laughs> I've had it rarely. Who doesn't? I know, but I'd really love more. Um, <laughs> because, because for a moment, I just don't have to do anything. Yeah. I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to make a decision. Do I don't you have feel to like cook on, anything. Do you feel like that on planes? I feel a bit like that on aeroplanes. Not like I'm having an anaesthetic. Yeah. But that I don't have to do anything. Yeah. You know what, because like, you've been to Australia I do, though. I, no, I, I have do to keep the plane out with my thoughts. Oh, yeah. What, what? <laughs> and I'll tell you something. <laughs> I do that all the way to Australia. <laughs> That's exhausting. And nobody thanks me. <laughs> and everybody, two, sometimes 300 people have had the plane kept up by, by my thoughts. I haven't gone to sleep. I have held on like that and kept <laughs> it up. <laughs> you're you're just there in you. your dad's trousers like that. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> ah. So next time you're in a plane with me, just, just, just say a little thank you. Just think about who's kept it up all the way. Um, no, so anaesthetic. I'd love, I'd love loads of anaesthetic, but I'm not allowed that. So what I do to relax is watch murder, reality murder shows. I don't know Reality why this relaxes shows. Is that, is that a hey, snuff film? Hey, don't you know about like, it? I'm, I'm not busy flicking through trying to find gay rabbit No, Do you, do you mean like true crime? Or do you mean like I Big mean Brother Gone Inspector Wrong? I Inspector Joe Kender. Anyone come across Inspector no. Joe Kender? Oh. Yeah. So. <laughs> my chum there, the one person who's found it. Um, you have to look through a lot of channels. CI mm. or something like that, it's on. And... Um, 
Somebody's gone to look for it now. I know it is murder. I know it's upsetting. Um, Yeah, and he is a guy who, I don't even know where he lives, somewhere in America. And um, he solves crimes. (laughs) It's good. So far, it's great. Uh, But they are really... He he explains how he unpicked everything years ago when he was a young man. What's great about Inspector Joe Kender, I urge you to try and find me. He's a little guy. he's He's about that big. And he's kind of—he looks a bit like Joan the Wad, if we're honest. He's a bit like that, but he's—he's he's great inspector, a great detective. I would want him if I got murdered. I would want him to be the one solving it. But in the flashbacks, Joe Kender, the real Joe Kender, has clearly chosen the young actor who's going to play him, <laughs> who is very tall and extremely <laughs> handsome with a very good jaw and does great smoking like that. Um, and I just love the fact that the flashbacks have nothing to do with the actual, <laughs> actual murder. But he does solve real murders. And for a little while, I just... That and Poldark, I'm very happy to disappear into. I don't want to disappear into Poldark. <laughs> in that exact south. I'd like to be his patient. <laughs> Thank you for such a comprehensive answer. <laughs> um, oh, that is the worst heckle I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, joke ender. Is there a woman in here who can explain what he's saying, please? I don't understand. <laughs> Sarah, what yes. do you do to relax? Oh, oh me? Oh, sorry, oh, sorry. Got, me, which one? <laughs> which Fight. One? <laughs> Let's go at the same time. <laughs> the... No. Uh, no. Uh, Kendall? Kendall. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do I do? Um, I, uh, I, I cycle. Oh, I really like cycling. Um, I don't like cycling in parks and pretty places, though. I quite like cy- uh, cycling in traffic. Um, <laughs> I think it, because what? it totally focuses... You've got to so focus on, like, not getting run over by some cunt on their phone that you've actually... It, it's, quite, it's such a... You, you've really got to... I don't know. It, it really absorbs me. Whereas if I'm cycling in a park, I start thinking about all the things that I hate and I get really, like... I, I, I don't... I'm not sufficiently distracted. Whereas when I'm in traffic, I've really got to focus. So that really relaxes me. Um, <laughs> do you know, interestingly, uh, you watch those murder things. Um, I, I love air crash investigation. Um, I, and uh, when I was um, up in the middle of the night breastfeeding my, both, both of my kids, uh, I would watch Air Crash Investigation in the middle of the night. Uh, I love, because I, I was afraid of flying, but I, I think I felt like if I absorbed as much information as I could on the topic, then I would be sufficiently armed with knowledge for it to never happen. <laughs> to me, I think that's the logic of people who get yeah. fixated on things like this. So... Like, uh, I started thinking, right, so, and I still do this, like, uh, when I'm on aeroplanes, you know, I know to be uh, five rows or less from an exit, and if you're further than five rows, count it out, because if it's a smoky cabin, then you're going to need to know how many (laughs) things you are. I also, like, uh, not being near the aviation gas, like, you're better being right at the back of the plane, you've got a much, like, a much, much better chance of survival at the back of the plane than at the front of the plane. I totally got obsessed with it. 
Um, and certain uh, crashes that I got really interested in, um, like uh, there are just certain ones that are just incredibly gripping stories, but that was kind of in the way that you got into, I don't know what, something really macabre about it that yeah. absolutely absorbed me and, and I just found it so interesting. Because you can feel at the end of them, you can just think, I'm alive. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm not that I'm so guy. glad, I'm so yeah. glad I'm on the ground and I'm here in my house, I'm not on a pesky aeroplane yeah <laughs> so that really bizarre because it was so absorbing it was really interesting cool <laughs> Sarah Millican bath and a wank <laughs> that's, that's my answer uh, Holly I love going to watch football I'm a big football fan. I love it. And I think it's because being a comic, when you're... Um, you, it's really hard to watch comedy now and me really, really, like, let go and laugh when I'm in a room. Because I'm sort of like... Even if someone does an amazing joke, I'm like, oh, that's such a good joke. But I find it really hard to just let go. But when I go to watch football, I don't know how to play football. I'd be a terrible footballer. But I love watching it because I love being part of a huge group of people who are all reacting to something and like someone scores and we're all like, I go and watch it live as much as I can because I just love being part of the pack and just being like everything is live and it's just responding to it. And I think it's because when I didn't do comedy, that's what I loved about going to watch comedy. And now I can't get that from comedy, so I need to find it from somewhere else. So I go to watch Millionaires in Shorts. <laughs> you what? Sorry, was it a subject that you found interesting, that bloke? <laughs> What team, Holly? Sunderland. That man has spoken for me, yeah. Ah. No, it's not. It's Crystal Palace. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mickey, how do you relax? Um, I'm in a circus, so I go and do trapeze because when you're, like, upside down, clinging onto a rope, you can't really think of anything else or you'll fall off that fucker. (laughs) Just clears my head. That and running. It's you should wank while you're on the circus trapeze. <laughs> That'd really. There were kids present, so that is a great idea. Okay. <laughs> you are so the winner, if you don't mind me saying. Yes. I think I'm the winner, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I, think I can you do would mine come first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you may be right. Um, no offence, women, but we're all getting, you know, a little bit older. And I wondered what It's not offensive to say that we're getting older. It's well, just this is, time, isn't yeah. it? So yeah. this is kind <laughs> of what Don't I was bad. It is the nature of time. I yeah, yeah. Think, totally fair. I always think it's funny how you're not allowed to ask women how old she is. Like, that's an offensive question. Because it's just a factual question. But it used to be a thing. That's the point where, you know, women weren't allowed to be angry and were not allowed to get older. So I think it's become sort of social I'm conditioning. fucking 41. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Holly, with, with or without swearing. <laughs> How old am I? Yeah. 35. Dawn? I'm 58. <laughs> she just got older. Yeah, I, got, <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a trap it's being alive. <laughs> just still being alive. Uh, now I'm afraid that the number I say won't get a cheer. Because you got a cheer for yours. And I'm, oh, let's see, let's see. I turned 40 this year. It works. It totally worked. And I turn 40 next year. Wow. I was I 40 wow. last year. <laughs> <laughs> You've had your turn, Millican. Stop milking it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, back to you, Sarah Millican. What is the best thing about getting older? 
Oh, um, uh, confidence, I think. I've never been very confident. And as I get older, I, I think it's a bit what Sarah was saying about her mum, about giving less of a shit, I think, about sort of unimportant things, maybe. Um, somebody asked me recently if I'd like to have some free anti-aging treatments. And I thought, oh, okay, <laughs> so this is how I'm perceived. Um, and I realised, um, uh, like, the answer was no, uh, because I don't really like, I didn't want to have anything like that. But also I realised by being asked that question, that I'm quite happy to look my age. I think that's fine to be 41 and look yeah. 41. <laughs> and it's only, it's only because of the way uh, women have been forced to be on television sometimes when uh, women maybe have to have uh, plastic surgery in order to feel like that they can be, still be kind of employed. Uh, and also the way magazines tell you how to look younger and how to, how to behave younger and, and how younger is always the optimum, and I don't think it is. I think I'm more interesting uh, as I get older, and I certainly feel more confident. Um, so I think uh, I, I replied to the person who offered me free treatment and said, that's not really my sort of thing, but thank you very much. But I really wanted to go, how fucking dare you? <laughs> and also, it's not even how dare you that you think I look old, but how dare you think that I feel like an improvement is to be younger, because I think an improvement is to just be a good person regardless of what age I am but yeah. thanks Holly Walsh uh, well I think the thing I'm most looking forward to about getting older is I'm that bit closer to getting a hearing aid <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, which is <laughs> I hope they don't edit out the first time you talked about that. <laughs> yeah, that's no. going to be such a weird laugh for <laughs> the listeners at home. Um, I, God, I think it's sort of holiday choices for me. Like, the idea, when I was younger, and you had, you know, like, I never went on this, by the way, but like club 18 to 30 holidays or having to go on holiday to look amazing and get laid is just, the idea of that is the most stressful thing I've ever heard. And literally, my husband and I, we basically visit what other people would regard as school trip destinations, <laughs> is our idea of a dirty weekend. Like, we went to Ironbridge, and I swear to God, the birthplace of the Industrial Revolution was the best thing that ever happened to me. It was amazing. <laughs> and it was just me and my husband and, like, 15 school parties around us. And we were like, I, I couldn't be happier looking at all the awe. It was just so fun. <laughs> So I think, yeah, just being able to indulge the, the like, boring parts of my, my brain. Dawn? Um, well, I am reminded that when I was younger, when I, I'm, I suppose I must have been about 12 or something, I remember when my auntie turned 40, and I remember thinking at age 12, oh, why don't you just die? <laughs> 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 I just remember <laughs> thinking, what's the point of being that old? Uh, <laughs> so you, can, you can't do anything anymore. Do us all a favour. Um, <laughs> that's ridiculous. So ridiculous. So young. Um, so anyway, as you as you get older, obviously one of the things that I'm think I'm grateful for is is that I think I've gone over quite a lot of the hurdles that life is going to throw at me. I'm not saying I haven't got more to go over, but I've been over a few. And I'm sort of quite glad those are behind me. That's quite a good thing about getting older. 
I think also that I am definitely a bit more confident, like you say, Sarah, that um, I think I know what I uh, like and I'm not scared to say it anymore. I used to think, ooh, would it be all right? And how do you feel? And what about you? But I know now that I haven't, you know, t you, you are on the clock a bit. And so you, you'll think, actually, I've got time to listen to you. You're an idiot. Okay. Um, let's wind this up. Um, you know, so I don't, I, I just move along a bit quicker, funnily enough. Um, and also, you know, the thing about getting older is I am just grateful to be getting older. I have got lots of friends who didn't manage to get older. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just glad to be getting older and it's, and it's getting better. That's all I would say. Right. Yeah. Sarah Kendall? Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, uh, I remember it, I, I watched this, you know the movie uh, Mummy Dearest, which is the movie, I remember watching that movie the first time maybe 20 years ago and I loved it. It was, you know, such a camp Great movie. And there's this scene in Mummy Dearest where um, Joan Crawford, uh, her husband was uh, like the CEO of Pepsi, and she's now the, the chairman of, of the board. And there's this scene where all these kind of grey-haired guys in suits are trying to wrangle the, the corporation off her. And Joan Crawford says this fantastic line. She says, don't fuck with me, gentlemen. This is not my first time at the Rodeo. <laughs> and... <laughs> I remember watching that scene and thinking, oh, fuck, I'd love to be a bit older to, like, sniff out a situation that quickly and know what's happening. And I reckon that's the thing that happens when you get older. You kind of get the cut of a person's jib a lot faster and you, you know the situation when it's happening because it's not your first time at the rodeo. You know when someone's pulling a, a, a fast one on you. You know when someone's... You know, when, like, even, like, a, a tradie who came around to my house and tried to kind of sell me this over-expensive thing. Like, I knew. I knew what was happening. I was like, I know what you're doing. No, I'm not buying it. Whereas I think maybe 20 years ago, I would have gone, oh, okay, if you say so. Um, I mean, it was like a smoke detector, really. Um, uh, but, no. It's <laughs> no. Um, but I do. I think, I think you... <laughs> No, genuinely though, I think you sort of go, I know what's going on here, I know exactly what's going on here, I know that, you know, and I, lo I like that feeling, I like that, it's like, um, it's like having a heightened state of consciousness. I didn't feel that way 15 years ago, I felt quite bamboozled by the world and yeah. situations, whereas now I think I'm a bit quicker on the uptake, a kind of, yeah. Yeah, good. Mickey? <laughs> the way you do that um i guess um the best thing about getting older is i like myself more and feel quite comfortable saying that i think i was always trying to fit in with other people when i was younger and it's not giving a shit as much i mean i don't want to piss people off most of the time um but it is that confidence in yeah i'm all right and it's taken me nearly 40 years to work that out which is a fucking waste of time <laughs> but, but i am i'm all right that's it we've got time for one last question so, do you have any party tricks or special talents <laughs> that we should know about? I'm going to start with you, Millican. I've just got the one. Um, uh, I can do a horn noise with my mouth. A what noise? Horn. Horn noise. Okay. I have to do that. What did you think I said? A what? A horn noise? <laughs> I did think that's what you said. <laughs> And I can, even I can do that. I can, yeah. <laughs> Sounds a bit like a Dalek, but... 
the hand I can't do it like I can't do it like that I was because <laughs> 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 the left one's bigger so it's <laughs> <laughs> that's my one skill but I, I bring it out whenever anybody fucking asks <laughs> I do like to ask <laughs> Holly uh, I think in some lights I can look like a young Mary Berry <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any floral bomber jackets? Floral <laughs> bomber jackets. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's a party trick. <laughs> Can you guys just change the lighting? Some, I bring a bit of lighting with me and I just. <laughs> I think we've lost Kendall. <laughs> Dawn? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I so wish I could match you with a Paul Hollywood, but I can't. Uh, I've got bosom tricks, but none I can do here. Uh, I can move one eye independently of the other. Okay. Want to see it? Yeah. yeah. Hang on. Okay. Can you do it over this? Yes. Do you want to see it again? Yes. <laughs> I operate under the guise of a vicar, but I am from Satan. <laughs> Sarah Kendall? Yes. Um, uh, I, I, well, I, I used to do this in, in stand-up, but uh, there, there are two, two sort of celebrity impressions. One of them I used to do in stand-up. Uh, so I can This is my Nicole Kidman face. Um, I feel like I have to surprise you. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> so fucking stupid. <laughs> But, uh, and I, I've never, like, I used to do this like 20 years ago. I just want to know how you found that. Was someone like, I don't you know, know when either. you climax, you look just like Nicole Kidman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, uh, that's how we, I discovered it. My husband was like, wow, that looks a lot like. So this is, this is something I haven't done pub, well, no, I did it like 20 years ago when it was really topical and people used to find it really funny, but this is my Jodie Foster. I can do a pretty good Jodie Foster. I haven't done it for a while though. Um, okay. No, so don't have to surprise us with this one. I don't, no, no, no. <laughs> Not at all. No, okay. Uh, uh, please, Dr. Lecter, there's no time. <laughs> no, it's not, forget it. I can't do it anytime. Please, 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 Dr. Lecter, there's no time. I can't do it anymore. Please, please, please to make it better, can you do Nicole again? Yeah, I better fix this. <laughs> this is like my shitting in a bin story from backstage. <laughs> 
terribly <laughs> sad. Please, please do it. Yeah, right. They're just for you. Okay. Not for you. <laughs> it's like it's like an Australian Joan the Wood. I'm sorry. It's like an Australian Joan the Wood. Thanks to you, I'm leaving a moist chair here. <laughs> As is she. There we go. I think. Um, are we out of time? We're out, of, out time. of time. Um, oh, oh, thanks, guys. You guys have been such an amazing audience. Yeah, uh, this is you. our first time at the Cheltenham Comedy Festival, but hopefully in, not our last. And there's, um, you can see on the stands, uh, there's loads of stuff going on. I can see loads of amazing comics on there, so please check out the website and have a look if there's something else that you fancy. Um, please. Oh, she's <laughs> <laughs> she's <laughs> don't throw your cock at me. <laughs> <laughs> I really that want that, but I don't want to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, please have a look at our magazine. Uh, <laughs> it's been, there's nothing like doing a feminist gig and someone throwing a cook at you. That's <laughs> uh, please have a look at uh, standardissuemagazine.com. We created it for you, lovely lot. We created it for smart, intelligent people and uh, who like... Who like no, maybe not that one over there. She's um, uh, plenty of websites she's already fucking looked at. Um, please have a look at it and please uh, support us if you like what you see. Uh, we created for you. We want to be a, a healthy alternative that makes you feel good about yourselves. And uh, we hope you've had a, a lovely time tonight. We've certainly had a fucking riot yes, on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, please thank everybody that you've seen. Mickey Noon and Sarah Kennel, Dawn French, Holly Walsh, and I'm Sarah Milliken. Thank you very much. Good night. Thank you for downloading this In Conversation With podcast. Just a quick reminder to please rate, review and subscribe to all our podcasts on iTunes, including previous In Conversations and fortnightly Geek Girl Celebration Strong Female Leads. You can keep up with all our articles, news and reviews by following at Standard Issue UK on Twitter. Our In Conversation theme music was composed and recorded by Michelle Imbierski. All rights are reserved. <laughs>